Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of the Holt and Walt podcast. I, as you well know, am Holt. Now this is the first episode that we've done for quite a long time. This is perhaps one of our largest breaks and I am fully at fault for that. But I'm sure you'll forgive me with the kindness of your hearts. We have a good listener base. They're, they're all pretty nice. You're, you're all a pretty nice bunch of people, except for you. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, I hope you're doing well. Um, I won't do too much of an of an intro here. It's a pretty a pretty long one, pretty content heavy today. Um, a little less rambling than usual. Don't worry, still some rambling, but but less than there often is. Uh, really, it's just a series of of movie discussions. I know we're releasing this in December, so you might imagine it would be Christmas themed, but this is actually more of our um, Halloween horror themed episode. So. We talk a little bit about horror films, uh, Event Horizon, the new Candyman movie, as well as the new Edgar Wright movie, Last Night in Soho, until we go into a nice deep dive into the latest Denny Villeneuve movie, Dune, which both Alan and I thoroughly enjoyed. And I hope that you, dear listener, enjoy the episode. Here we go. Good evening, ladies, gentlefolk. Holtz and Waltz, and welcome to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News, where we bring you the week's latest news exactly as it was 88 years ago. This week in the news. We all know British cinema is much loved by our German cousins, but who is Hank Upsilon, and why was he invented in 1933? We interviewed our German correspondent on the subject. Yeah, you may know this already, but Hank Upsilon was not his original name. The famous character was just known as Hank in the 1933 classic Hank and Juliet. Originally filmed near meine aunt's house in Basingstoke. Anyway, when the film Hank and Juliet came over to Germany, There was a mistranslation of the famous line, Hank, why don't you love me anymore? But, as we all now know, why is the second letter of the alphabet, counting backwards, of course. But in German, the letter is pronounced Upsilon. So Juliet's famous line became, Hank, Upsilon, don't you love me anymore? Wonderful. And that is how the well-known franchise Hank Upsilon came about, that we all know and love, even today. Thank you for listening to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News, brought to you by the HaltonWalt.com Radio Broadcast Service and the Federation of Real, Authentic, 100% Historically Accurate audio library technicians hello hello totally good evening yeah how you doing oh i can see your mum in the background there yeah mum says hello and uh seb Seb says hello hi mama wallet he says hello mama wallet (laughs) oh there there he is uh, how are you? How are you doing? This this is the first episode for a long time. Yes, um, I'm doing very well. 
I'm I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I feel feel good. Um, you look good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we always start with a little assessment of each other's physical appearance. Yeah, Let's you're, not you're break the trend. You're quite a flatterer, Seb. You've got, you know, your hair's a little longer than 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 it often is, but it's looking very good. Uh, it's 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 growing back. I had uh, I had an ordeal a while ago where it all got. You're gonna say you had an orgy? No, I mean, <laughs> I wish. An um, ordeal where you lost too much. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember if I ta- said this last time, but it was it was sad. It was sad, and now it's growing back, so we're happy. We're it's happy looking again. good. It's looking good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since the last episode, which is 100% my fault. First issue was my computer died. Um, yes. So I'm now running on a brand new PC. Everything in it is brand new except for the graphics card, which is a, a 10-year-old graphics card which i've managed to scavenge yep from the Uh, bitcoin mining operation that's going outside your house well you you can't get a new bit you can't get a new graphics card because of bitcoin yeah Um, that's that's what i've heard other cryptocurrencies are available so i've got an incredible pc except for one bit um and also we couldn't record because of that and i've only just got a brand new one which i set up today and also i got married so that was taking up a lot of my time Hey! hey! I I thought I was I was wondering uh, when you were going to say it, but um, <laughs> well, I've said it now. Yeah, I got a letter in the post with some fantastic artwork. Um, Charlotte, your Charlotte is just—it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm very jealous of the skills and time she puts into her artwork. I didn't know she had sent you anything. No. No. Well, well, I we haven't sent anything either. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Does this count as an affair? Uh, maybe. She doesn't send me artwork anymore. It's signed by she the Holt. It's signed Holt by the Holt Dingles. Oh yep. Yeah. I assume. I assume you would. You would know. No, she doesn't. She doesn't tell me anything though. She just goes off on her own. So you've taken the name Holt Dingle, and she's taken the name Holt Dingle. That's the plan. Neither of us have changed our names yet. Good. And so in the future, right, like all your kids will take on the names and you'll have like a triple barreled and a quadruple barreled names. And... <laughs> That's why she wanted to. I mean, I think that she should have just stuck with Dingle and then I could just stick with Holt. No. But she was, she no, was worried no. that if we had, because Charlotte Holt doesn't sound as good as Charlotte Dingle. Charlotte Dingle sounds really good. Charlotte Dingle sounds good, right? Yeah. Seb Holt sounds good, yeah. but it pales in comparison to Seb Holt Dingle and <laughs> and uh, and Charlotte Dingle Holt. You know, well, Charlotte will be Holt Dingle as well. Well, why not? You know, you know. Well, the point of... is, she want she wants our children, assuming we have any, to have the same last name as her. Yeah, of course. That totally makes sense. Um, so, you know, often they'll take the man's name or they'll just take one of the, one of the names. Mm, mm. Um, so but she wants makes... both. So she wants to keep the dingle and she also wants to have the... So all of these rules that she's put in place arbitrarily mm-hmm. means that I have to go through the effort of changing my name as well, which I haven't done yet. Right. But I, of course, definitely will. There'll be a lot of password changes, email changes. 
email names, signing up uh, for really... uh, spam email and, <laughs> and all that stuff. The only thing that needs to change is what passport, driving license, bank names. I'm not going to start Facebook, Instagram, Metaverse. <laughs> yeah, Metaverse. You heard about that? That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Zuck, the robot Zuck. That's the thing. This Metaverse is is a bit creepy, isn't it? Because I I kind of I've got a beefy new PC, mm-hmm. and I've always been really interested in VR stuff. And yep. the most affordable VR headset is the Oculus Quest 2, which is made by Facebook, now Meta. Yeah. Um, but if you want to use it, you have to sign in with your Facebook account. Oh, God, that's so fucked. You have to. And it it costs 300 quid, which is about half the price as the next level up. You can apparently buy it outright. Without having to sign in with Facebook, but it costs about skin 700 quid if you do it your, that way. Your blood, skin, barrier, or like your, your eyesight, uh, all of these things, they'll just... It's because they want you to be using it to talk to your friends, to go to business meetings, to do sporting events, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. That's all well, part of the... sporting events, you mean VR events? Yeah, well, in, the, in fake, one of the fake, adverts fake. that I saw, they were like playing basketball with their friends and then it turned out they were just sat at home with their VR headset on. Um it's it's so weird. It's uh oh I know God. it makes us sound like old fogies a little bit, but it is that is a bit creepy, isn't it? It is creepy because it's owned by Facebook and you know what they're gonna do with, you know, that, that data. What are they gonna do with it? Well, they're gonna make it so that you, uh, I, I, I don't know. Put, they push ads, ads on you, and that, you know, it might actually be really useful, um, in the sense that you never have to try clothes on on uh, again. You, you just, uh, you go online. It knows your body type. It's seen you naked while you exercise, <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh, these clothes will will fit. And then you go online, and maybe in the future. You you know clothes will fit perfectly as well because they'll be manufactured to your particular body type because it's scanned your you know the size of your nipples. Have you have, <laughs> have, you, have you seen um, Wally? Uh, no, I haven't. Really? Really? Uh, that's like my favorite Pixar movie. Really, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. But. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of pointless talking about it now, but th- mm-hmm. there's a spaceship in it with a load of people from the future on it, and they all just are incredibly obese. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sort of an image of what the future of mankind is, sat on these floating chairs that carry them around wherever they yeah. want to go, with a screen in front of them. Yeah. They never have to get up or move, and that's kind of how this feels. That sounds like most delivery drivers. <laughs> I don't get uh, delivery where I live. No, well, you, no. they ride around on these scooters uh, with the screen attached to their face, and uh, you know, deliver food around. Or maybe where you were describing the beginnings of twenty-first century event horizon. There's a spaceship. It delivers food, and it goes into a wormhole. That's a good segue into 
actually talking about stuff that we should be talking about. Yeah, Did that's. Just, what I, was I was looking at the time and going. Yeah, we we are already rambling. Yet. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and we actually have quite a lot to talk about. I think today. Um, yeah. Just before we do, though, I still want to ramble a bit more because on our we're calling it a mini moon. I don't love the term mini moon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good excuse for us to go on a bigger holiday later on. But on our on our mini moon, we went to Edinburgh. Yes. And it was, you know, really nice city, lovely. We had a really lovely time. It's the first place that I've been with where we've used Uber. Oh, wow. The first time you've used Uber. It's the first time I've personally used Uber. Now, I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of traditional taxi drivers are really against Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand why. But after having used it, it is phenomenally convenient i didn't realize how well it was going to work but well you'll be you might not be surprised but everyone's over uber in london and it's now some <laughs> other like there there are competitors and the other no, better because i'm just getting on it <laughs> i i i don't use uber uh, why not yeah because i'm lazy i can it's so expensive it was super cheap the one that i used but i think it depended on what time of the day it was Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You get so I if I were to get an Uber, it would always be at three in the morning. So, <laughs> well, for us, it was it was only about a half an hour walk, but we needed to get there early in the morning, and so we we used the Uber, and it was less than a fiver. Mm. Um, well, I thought it was yeah. And then and then you get a five star rating as a passenger because you didn't vomit in the back. <laughs> I didn't check. I haven't checked my ratings, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if it goes down below four four stars, you can't go to uh, certain cafes and things like that. It just bars you. We we went to some fantastic cafes in Edinburgh. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great brunches. If you ever go to Edinburgh, you have to. If you want to go somewhere nice, you have to book for brunch. Really? We didn't realize that on the first. Maybe it's the same in London. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just we, we, busy. Yeah, we didn't realize that the first day um but there was like a two-hour wait for lunch so you have to make sure you you book in see where i'm from in weymouth it's it's not that bad but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these big cities i know just full of scottish people it's terrible there actually weren't that many scottish was probably the least frequent accent i heard yeah it's scotland uh, so apparently apparently uh edinburgh is not really scotland says who it says limmy the comedian Who's Scottish? I mean, it's, there's a, it's, it's a very just, multicultural. It's very English. <laughs> English. <laughs> That's what he says. Um, I did hear a lot of English, but there are a lot. I wouldn't say English was the most. The, the, obviously, there's a lot of Scottish, but then there are a lot of other Europeans, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people from Asia, various Asian countries. And it was the site of the launch of. Event Horizon. <laughs> yes, excellent segue back to back, Event Horizon. Back, back to Event Horizon. So I'm not sure whether we should do this as a belated Halloween episode, partly because Halloween has passed, and partly because I only managed to brave it through one horror movie. I think that's which pretty of good. Course was Event Horizon. We'll start off. We'll 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 start off. Um, Because I've got a couple of horror movies to talk about. 
So we'll 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 start off here on on the horror section and then and then move on, because um, Halloween has well and truly passed. Okay, so I I want to say one thing right to all the Sainsburys and producers and uh, companies that will obviously listen to our podcast. Um, it's illegal to advertise Christmas before Halloween. Now, I know we didn't have Christmas last year, but I saw some Christmas adverts and heard Christmas music before Halloween had even passed. Illegal and in what? You mean illegal in Alan's... In my, in my world, uh, yeah. Right, it, yeah. right. Uh, I thought that was know. some bizarre... Yeah, there's, uh, that happens every year, though. There's always Christmas... Christmas, you know, advent calendars have been up for ages. Yeah, but you can't do it. You can't sell it before Halloween. Like I Halloween, ha- Halloween, you're supposed to celebrate that first. It's more important. Uh, I know some people who already have Christmas decorations up. Well, have have yeah, done. Yeah, since that's big, yeah. But it's November now, so I, I'm not. I, I'm not I saying it's it. right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's a uh, moral outrage. I think now we're in the middle of November. Now it's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. Okay, so after I hyped up Event Horizon for so long, bearing in mm-hmm. mind I haven't seen it for a long time. Yes. How was it? I I loved it. I, I really, oh. really enjoyed it. Um, so the thing is, I saw this film originally um, maybe when I was 13 years old or 14. It came up... Uh, uh, on Sky at my grandmother's house, and I watched it with my older brother. This is a true sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, it's got a star-studded cast like Sam Neill, the man yep. from Land Before Time, um, <laughs> uh, or Jurassic Park, as it's more commonly known. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Jolie Richardson. I, I, I don't, I couldn't actually tell you what other movies she's been. Jason in. Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, and if you if you look up the name Sean Pertwee, you will recognise his face. But by that name, you'll probably have no idea. Oh, I re- I think I know who you mean because I rem- I know the movie and the cast. He's he's got that face that so you're like ah oh, I know that guy. I've seen him everywhere, and yet you you know just the actor's name or you never never end up looking it up. It's a fantastic sci-fi in the sense that um, all good sci-fi takes apart a a human perspective and then tries to play with it. So in this, um, it sort of asks the question, well, if we're so smart in the future um, and can travel faster than light or, you know, use warp drives, how, how is it that we know where we're going. Like, how do we know where it will take us? And um, it's quite suspenseful. You know that it's quite dark from the get-go. And the sound design is very good. Um, it's, it's your classic gore, sci-fi, hell horror as well. Um, and it and it features some, you know, I would say some famous explanations of traveling uh, through space 
with the folding of the paper. You know, what's the fastest way to travel? Uh, what's the fastest way to travel between two points? And it's it not traveling at all. It's just staying in staying Holding in space time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't remember it super well, but the some of the disturbing imagery that sticks in my mind is the clips that they find on the spaceship from the previous crew. Yes. Uh, which are very kind of horrific and disturbing imagery. Apparently there was a lot more of that, but they weren't allowed to put it in the original movie because it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of that footage has been lost in a fire. Really? So they'll okay. ne- we'll never see that, which fans of the movie are disappointed in. For po- probably for good reason. It's it's <laughs> it's extremely gory. So yeah, I don't know if I mean we can go into the details because that you know there there are parts where people's eyes are gouged out, and actually, it's it's quite clever that it it chooses specifically eyes to, to uh and like blindness as one of the horror aspects because they're going into another dimension and you know you're going into an area which is unknown basically metaphorically blind um and the people come back blinded by these horrific visions it's 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 dark but it's not as scary as when i thought as as when i saw it as a kid mm-hmm. um for two reasons um one i was a kid and very mm-hmm. impressionable and one particular scene stood out a, a lot to me was was the uh when someone gets opened up surgically and his organs spread across um uh, an operating table wow but not only that do you also see his skin flayed and hung up so that you've seen his like you know that his organs have just flopped out alan this is a very visceral description it's <laughs> yeah it's i mean that's that's the kind of movie you you're getting into okay so the other reason um it's not as scary uh, through no fault of its own is the sound design towards the end there's a fight scene it's quite quite action packed it's good it's got your uh it it plays with the trope of any sort of space movie where oh if there's an open window you're going to get sucked through it but during that fight scene the sound designs are very much <clears throat> and like wilhelm scream um, yeah. and that's only because the sound design has aged i'm sure at the time it wasn't that cliched mm. so that's the only thing that really lets it down i would say okay but overall stamp of approval stamp of approval yeah it's it's very fun it's really good and that was the only horror movie that you managed that's all i could cope with i I psyched myself out too much yeah yeah i've been on a bit of a horror film bonanza i'm not gonna (laughs) go through too many i did end up watching most of the halloween movies i haven't watched all of them yet i didn't realize how many there were but i've watched most of them what is it about them that you enjoy so much? It's just classic slashy horror. Is it? Would you say you enjoy the hammy nature and chuckling about it? Is yeah, it, it's not it... super hammy. 
there are certain there are hammy elements in some of the movies are more hammy than the others but they're all fairly dark and they all sort of come up with weird you you, you never truly know michael myers is he invincible is he not invincible they always seem to come up with crowbarring explanations as to why he's how he's managed to survive so it, it they they keep it sort of ambiguous because mm-hmm. they, they, they crowbar in is that yeah. is that a saying yeah that's a saying okay okay i'd never heard that before like, I, I, I get the i get what it means but uh... mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but you know i i like the mis- it's classic horror the first one's obviously the best right i've i've not i've not watched it uh unsurprisingly it's not that scary. By today's standards, you could easily handle mm-hmm. the first Halloween. A really good film that I went to see with the young lady Charlotte uh, mm-hmm. in the cinema was mm-hmm. the new Candyman. Oh, yes. Okay. I don't think I've already talked about this, have I? Um, no, I don't. I mean, you mentioned that you had seen it. Have you seen the original? No, what with Jim Carrey? Oh, no, that's, that's the cable guy. <laughs> uh, no, the original cable guy. Cable guy. <laughs> you, you look in the mirror and say it three times. The original, there were a series of movies. Um, I've seen the original. I haven't seen any of the follow-ups. This one, the new one, completely disregards all of the follow-ups. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it directly leads, well, it doesn't directly, but... The only the first movie has happened in the canon of the of the of this new one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is what they did with the new Halloween, which they brought out a couple of years ago, just uh, to give it a fresh reboot and an, and a, and a new interpretation. I think it, it's because the follow ups. I haven't seen them, but apparently they're pretty bad. They don't do anything good for the story. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to carry that on, they've decided to just retcon all of that stuff. So what would you say is the the pull of Candyman? Why why would someone go see it uh, uh, over, you know, downloading illegally Event Horizon on the internet? Which we, of course, discovered. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't download a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the original Candyman is a great movie. So if you're a fan of the original... Mm-hmm. And this continues that story. That's the first pull for you. So this is a sto- so this is a horror because there's a man, and this is the famous saying where like don't talk to strangers because uh, you know they'll give you candy and they'll yeah they'll... is that is that right? Yeah. So I'm trying to. Rem- I it's a while since I saw the first one, but it's yeah, it's this guy. He 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 is sort of wrongfully tortured and brutally murdered okay, that's and then he comes he comes back i can't remember where the candy man bit comes from it i guess he always walks around with candy with him or something and gives it to people okay but not in like a, a swell guy <laughs> not in a creepy way in, yeah. in the in the new one in the new candy man movie they 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 talk about that but i, I can't really go into that too much without spoiling it so the new um, one is called mr whippy <laughs> Uh, original one is an exemplary model um, or example of tell or that you don't see much of the horror Mm -hmm. it's kind of more your imagination does the work for you 
Ah, okay. And often I think it, when you're going for for true horror and scares, that's what can really get to you. Your imagination can do far worse things. Yes. Um, the original yeah. design, I think I think in the original movie you the actual Candyman is only on the screen for about 17 minutes in the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. But See, he's such a force and a presence. Mm-hmm. Um and you're always wondering when he's going to appear. And this yeah, that's 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 a great um, explanation. Uh, there are a lot of things that often tell you too much, and then it loses its edge. So I remember when you when you gave me the Fisherman, which is a fantastic, like the first half is a fantastic horror novel, and then the second half proceeds to explain the entire law, and it loses some of its edge. Yeah, and the same with Event Horizon, is it gives you the consequence of um, traveling through dimensions, um, but it never really takes you to that other dimension, and so you're left with this, you know, this horrible consequence, but you you don't really know what it's what this other dimension is truly like. It, yeah. It falters in some places and gives away a little bit too much in the sense that it just plays a bit with the with a hell archetype a bit too much. But mm. yeah. But if you've not seen Candyman, the premise is you look into a mirror, you say Candyman five times, mm-hmm. and then the Candyman will appear mm-hmm. and kill you. Have you ever so? So I mean, like, I I I did it three times. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think yeah. it's a rolling thing where every if, do you have to do it within a certain space of time or do you think No, no, no. You you I mean it's a it's a lifetime thing, so Now you've said no, Candyman he, three times in the mirror. Yeah. You go to the mirror now, say it twice. Yeah, well, you know, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to save it for my birthday next year, say it once, and then <laughs> and then before my 40th then then I'll say it. Okay. Because uh, by then, you know, I think I will have seen the movie. It's probably a good thing to try. I encourage all of the listeners, go into your bathroom, mm-hmm. switch off all the lights, stand in front of the mirror. Leave your wine gums on the sink. Candyman. 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 I'm not going to say it again because... It's not a mirror, but I can actually see myself from the camera right now. Does that is that the same? Is that the modern mirror? Also, it's kind of weird. Your your camera is um, it cuts you. In, yeah, it cuts you in half, and it's a bit oh, broken. So getting a bit scared right now, you know. Yeah, I don't. There's I so don't much like junk it. in this room. The Candyman couldn't appear in here anyway, so I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, it trip over. But one of the things about the original Candyman is it's. Um, it's got more of a sort of a social story to tell. Um, it's about, uh, well, I don't really know, but I think it's about gentrification and um, these run-down areas, these sort of neglected areas and these these big, uh, I don't know, tower blocks that get ignored and mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> things like that. And and the new one is also has a social commentary. It's uh, produced by Jordan Peele. You know Jordan Peele? 
Yes, yeah, fantastic. Um, he's he's a good comedian, but also uh, he did yep. uh, Get Out. I get think. Out. He did is Get another Out. Very good uh, horror. And yeah, Get Out, which is another good horror with a social uh, commentary. Commentary, and this very much feels like that, and it's a similar sort of message that it's got to put across um, about black people and them being sort of prejudiced against from the police and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's also got some other things. It's it took sort of a commentary on the art world a little bit as well and how it's a bit pretentious, modern art, and it kind of is something I sometimes think about. Um, is art, is this sort of weird modern art, is it good just because of who did it? Or is it good on it in its own right? Who says that a piece of art is good? Mm. Um, and well, it kind of plays it, with that a little bit. So th- we're still talking about Candyman or Get Out. Yeah, we're that. still talking about Candyman because the oh main. Oh my god! Yeah, the main the main character in it is an is an artist. In, right. I can't remember what city it's based in. Um, he likes drawing Fruity Loops, Starbursts. Uh, calls them still life. He puts them in a bowl. Well, he d- he's and, do- and they're just modern renditions of Van Gogh. He he's doing modern art, but he's a struggling artist. Mm-hmm. And then he comes, he's trying to, you know, he's getting pressure from his agent to do more art. And then he comes across this story of the original Candyman guy, mm-hmm. um, and he creates an art installation based around that. And it's it turns into Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and all of the artwork you can eat. But because he creates, because he brings this back into the limelight, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, people start saying Candyman in front of the mirror again. And mm-hmm. that's how Candyman comes back. And right. it's the same as the first one in that you don't really see him very much at all in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's more about the effect that it has on the main the main character and his relationship with his partner. It's, that's... Yeah, Got, that's it. It is at times quite gory. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's definitely uh... on a scale of one to Event Horizon. But the the well, I don't know because the, the gore in it is kind of weird because it's done in a very artistic way. Um, okay. There's there's a good quite early in the movie you see a paint, um, you see him doing a paint stroke, mm-hmm. a close up of a brush stroke, and then later on you see somebody get killed by them being smashed against a, a window. And then their face dragged across it, and it creates the same brushstroke. Oh, so it, it's gory. It kind of makes me think of I don't know if you ever watched the series Hannibal, but incredibly, yeah. gra- you know, that's way more graphic and really oh, leans not, into I've the art, artistry of it. But mm-hmm. it's, it kind of makes me think of that, where there's there's a great deal of imagery, yeah, presented in the gore. So, quick question: Is this? The type of movie that is, you know, really benefits from seeing it in a cinema. Or, it's not in the um, cinema anymore, but I'm definitely glad that I did see it in in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably talking about it too long, but it it's a great movie, and it it's a great movie from a horror perspe- perspective, and just yeah. from a general movie perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put it on my list. It it does sound good. Um, yeah, I, I I do find myself going back to the cinema more often now and just absolutely loving the experience. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, you know, watching something on a laptop is fine every now and then. Um, it's a good way to catch up on things. But the 
scale, the size. I mean, I, this is probably quite a good segue. But well, uh, just before we segue into it, I've got one more movie to talk about. Sorry, okay. I told you I had a lot to talk. Okay, okay. Fine, I won't dwell on this one too long. I think I talked about Candyman too long, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but a deeper dive into a, a specific movie is probably better for the for the, uh, for the listeners. It's, it's but interesting. I, I um, feel the same as you since going back to the cinema. I've really loved it. And so last week, I really wanted to see the new Edgar Wright movie oh, in the cinema. So I oh took no, my... I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of the French Dispatch, which is the new... Uh, yeah. The wrong one. That's um, Wes Anderson. Yeah. The new Edgar Wright movie, Last Night in Soho. Oh, okay. I know that place. Again, a sort of horror movie-ish. Right. Not 100%, but kind of leans into it. Um, So what what does it blur the lines with? Is is part horror, part detective uh, comedy fiction? Detective comedy fiction? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's not hot fuzz. No? No. 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 Okay. I will I won't talk about it too much cuz I think it's a sort of film which benefits from going into it kind of blind. Mhm. But the cast is fantastic. Thomas Oh, Hickman. let me guess. Nick Frost. No, uh, it's Simon Pegg. Um he's done a, he's he's done a few films since then, I come on. Baby no, Driver. Baby Driver was fantastic. Um it stars Thomas and McKenzie. Oh. Uh, is the I main that actor. She's it. She's in um, oh, what was that Nazi movie? Thomas McKenzie. She Thomas Thomasin Thomasin McKenzie. She okay. was in. Uh, That's a girl's name. Yes, Thomasin. Oh, okay. What what was that? Jo- Jojo Rabbit. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. She, she's the Jewish person. She moves to. Um, Soho. Well, she moved to London to become a fashion, to go to fashion university, mm-hmm. a fashion degree or something like that. And then she moves to Soho. And I'm just trying to think, I don't want to say too much about it. So I'm trying to be Struggles careful. Struggles to find a job. She kind of does. She needs more money. So she does get a job. Um, and it's kind of. In a wait, in a it's cocktail about, bar. It's the the film's kind of about how people perceive periods in time. So she sort of has these dreams where she goes back in. She, she loves sixties style. That's mm-hmm. the clothes she likes to design and things. And she has these dreams where she goes back into the sixties in Soho. And the and the person she's not playing herself in the sixties. She's sort of viewing Anya Taylor Joy is playing a character. Throwing out names that I don't recognise, but. We'll put them in the show notes. And Anya Taylor Joy, you, she's in a lot. Uh, Split, uh, Queen's Queen's Gambit. Oh, is she the main character? Yeah, the witch. Right. I think the witch was her first one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, she sort of goes back in time, or she dreams she's going back in time, and and watching Anya Taylor Joy in the sixties, and it's very very Edgar Wrighty. There's a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Some of the dancing sequences are incredible. You know, the, the choreography, the way he films it, it's, it's just... That cool. is a good film to see in the cinema. Um, mm-hmm. Incredibly stylistic and, and well shot. And it is a bit of a, de- a detective. You, you were kind of right, it is a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't want to say too much. I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I still think I prefer Hot Fuzz. So, uh, stamp of approval? Yeah, stamp of approval. Oh, God. How will I ever get this work done on time? I've only got six hours. I'm so tired. And I can't concentrate. What am I gonna do? Introducing Dragonlance. Struggling to concentrate? Well, not us. It's right in the apple juice. Made from 100% concentrate. Crush life. One apple at a time. With Triton. Terms and conditions apply. Always read the label. Warning product. Not fit for human consumption. I, yeah. I would say cinemas are the one for watching movies. It has to be loud and it has to be big. Big screen. I, I, I mean, can we segue? We can segue. Now's the time to segue. Okay. Well, so general impressions. I'm sure the audience probably know what movie we're we're getting at. We've talked about it quite a lot in previous episodes. For Um, for me, there's been two must-see cinema movies since cinema started again. The first one was James Bond. Oh, right. Wow, okay. Yes. Which I feel like most people would want to see in the cinema. Which I saw in the The Plaza, Dorchester. Oh, yeah, you, you, you were down in my neck of the woods. Yeah. And then the second film. Dune. Yes. Directed by Denny Villeneuve with um, oh, Hans Zimmer behind the helm of, of the sound design or, or more, more like the soundtrack. And I saw it in the Plaza Dorchester as well. It's... So, just to give you an idea, I, I actually ended up seeing it four times in wow. the cinema. Yeah. Uh, I saw it twice. I Were read you the tired book. of it? No, I read the book twice. And I... Denny Villeneuve. So, he, he did um, Arrival. Yeah, I love that. Um, he also did um, Prisoners. Love that. Um, which is very, very atmospheric. And um, he did the adaptation or the sort of the new version of Blade Runner. I haven't um, seen that. That's a sequel, isn't it? Isn't that just a It is it is a sequel. Um but with his movies, the attention to detail is unbelievable. And to any fan of the book, I would say, yeah, go see Dune. Um it's a fantastic adaptation. And yeah, pay attention that it's like Give it some credit. It's an adaptation. It's one person's um, imagination or retelling of the story. And with, I think, I think online you can get lots of criticism wherever you, in, in certain forums and things like that, because it doesn't perfectly adhere to the book. But I can only imagine that this is how many Lord of the Rings fans must have felt seeing some of their characters brought uh, to life on the on the big screen, it's like it's like you're watching a dream. It, it feels like um, the Lord of the Rings of this decade, doesn't it? But better, I would but, say. But better. Yeah, there's 
I mean, the Lord of the Rings though has a phenomenal soundtrack, and which fits the the universe very well. But Dune, the opening scene, even before you see, you know, right after the title card, and before you even see the Warner Brothers logo or whichever production company it is, I think it's Warner Brothers Water Tower. Um, um, you get this horrific noise. Um, maybe we can we can get a clip of it and and just like play it in between me talking but it immediately immerses you into the movie and startles you and you think okay i this i'm not sure what i've signed up for like, i i don't know what this is going to be and hans zimmer has done a, a ridiculously good job the drumming sequences is so tense the uh, and then also the sound design in general i read a little article sorry charlotte read a little article uh and mentioned that one of the sound designers swallowed a, a, like you know put a microphone in his mouth to recreate the the sound of mm. a giant worm swallowing one of the harvesters mm. the movie is of course best seen in a cinema where the sound will just transport you to that world mm. It's it's and 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 one particular favorite sound is the Baron Harkonnen's suspenser belt. So in the book, he's got a belt yeah. which which makes him levitate. In this, you know, how do you make that more sinister, rather than a bobbing up and down obese man that could look quite comical? They've attached it to his spine, and every time it lights up, it's like someone's back is cracking. And you think, yeah. oh, oh dear God! Like, who is this man? He's so horrible. Yeah, played by our good friend Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, very, very, very good. What you were saying earlier about people being unhappy about ad- adaptations of the book into a movie, a lot. I used to be like that, but a long time ago, I've decided to just stop feeling like that. Mm. You have to look at a film as a completely different entity. Yes, to a book because they're so, they're such different mediums and and, it, and 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 interpretations. When I hear people complaining and saying stuff like the book is better, whatever, whatever, I just think that that's not the right way to look at things like this. And I was I was listening to a an interview with uh, Denis Villeneuve the other mm-hmm. day, and he was saying about this movie. He read it when he was a child, mm-hmm. and he has made the movie which he pictured as a child. Yeah. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about they. He seems as a filmmaker very good because it's a high, it's a big budget movie, mm-hmm. and it, but you watch it and you don't really feel like it's been tainted that much by producers or anything like that. Sometimes you do feel that with a, with a budget movie, this mm-hmm. does feel like it. He's done what he wants to do. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very refreshing to to see that from such a high budget movie. I mean, there were there were points where I was thinking, "Gosh, they could have um, taken absolutely ages to explain the specifics of how these shields work. They yes. could have labored upon the the aerodynamics of how this jet works and made it a huge spectacle and instead it's they're not plot points they're just that's just part of the universe and so the the whole 
yeah, it is a different medium. So you have to have a different way to tell a story. And um, the way they do the shields, so for anyone that doesn't know, it's like this this universe is it's a hybrid between past and and future. There are no robots. There are no computers. You know, they're banned. There are no guns. Guns don't work because people have these, the, these electronic shields um, that protect them from projectile weapons. Um, so people fight with swords and things like that. Um, and the opening shot features basically a library. But people are traveling in you know, spaceships and things like that. So it's this, it's this great combination of past and future. And um, you, you know, you pick that up through the imagery, but any, any kind of, I don't know, super high budget sci-fi thing, uh, specifically the 12 and action, you know, for the action market, they would have spent ages trying to explain the science or how this works, just, you know, kind of dumbing it down and playing it safe. Whereas this movie, you know, you're taught how the shields work visually, yeah. because they flash red that's all you need to know um yeah. and that also cleverly it's a bit like samurai jack where all the enemies are robots so the kids show can be more violent with with the action that they, in- those shields i mean that is one of the most one of the coolest things to watch in the movie i think is them fighting with those shields yeah going red and yeah. it's yeah, yeah. you have to watch it to kind of feel it but it makes it so much more visceral then it yeah it's it's so clever because in a 12a you know there's a limit to how much blood you can show but you can imply violence through um the use of color and because the uh when you have a kill you know the blade travels through the shield only with us with when it when it travels slowly but if you if you go fast it it'll be blue and it'll deflect it so visually, when it goes red, you know someone's just been murdered. Whereas normally, if you see some kind of action, they're hit by a sword and you just have to accept that that was a killing blow. But here, you know that every time it goes red, that that person's neck has been cut. You know, it does do a good job of getting you up to speed because it, it is, you know, the world of Dune is quite a lore-heavy Mm-hmm. universe isn't it really from the books yes. and i think it does a good job of explaining it you know people who i've spoken to who haven't read the books say that they're able to follow it um, yeah charlotte and, and my dad enjoyed it mm-hmm. but it also i mean the cast is fantastic yes yes so we've got Timo- timothee chalamet i i I've, yeah. I've realized uh, i've been pronouncing his name completely wrong um mm. Zendaya, I never knew who she was beforehand. Uh, Rebecca, you haven't, you haven't seen Spider-Man? Oh, is she his girlfriend in the new Spider-Man movies? Oh yeah, okay, then I know her. Yeah, I didn't recognize her. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, oh, she is amazing in Dune. Yes, yeah, she's she's the one thing about the and and. Uh, an adaptation is you get to finally find out how words pr- were pronounced. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Dune's one of those books where it it's got the word 
I, I do this with all sorts of books where if you can't pronounce it, I just skip over it. I don't even try and pronounce it. I just think oh, it's really? that word. Yeah. Oh, I, I, no, no, I make up a pronunciation. So, mm. um, you know, there are some funny names like Thufir Hawat that, that yeah. I got correct. Well, like Atreides or Atreides? Atreides. Atreides. Even after seeing yeah. it twice, I can't remember. That was one of the words. Harkonnen. I can never Harkonnen. Really... That, that was okay for me. Um, uh, but the one that that's that I got completely wrong was uh, Dune. Bene Gesserit. <laughs> Dune, yeah. Uh, Bene Gesserit. Oh yeah, right. Uh, they say the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was convinced it was Gesserit, but but who yeah. come who? Frank it's Herbert's not... dead. Well, his son is alive. Oh, so yeah. so his son was a script um, supervisor on right. on on the. And also, his son has written a couple of the books as well. Yeah. So, with 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 an interpretation or an adaptation, you also have to sort of you have to figure out what perspective you're going to tell the story. You know, what is the main thing that you're going to focus on? And I feel like he's, I feel like Denis Villeneuve has focused, you know, mostly on uh, on the plot and the atmosphere. You know, the sort of the spy atmosphere of it but one thing that's kind of missed out is in the book there's a lot of i'd say a lot more about differing religions um so you've got a kind of buddhist narrative with uh meditation and understanding the 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 way the body works and mindfulness coming from the bene Gesserit side but then the the fremen have a, a sort of Islamic or Arabic type uh, religion that is, you know, is, is kind of, it's a, at the moment, you know, it, it's a bit watered down in Dune compared to the book. But I don't think that that's a huge criticism um, mm. because we, we will get a chance to see it in, in, the, next, in the next part. I, I would say my favorite casting pick for this movie had to be Javier Bardem as Stilgar. Okay. Um, there's no one better that has a more grizzled face and a tired, <laughs> worn-out look of a leader than Stilgar and, and Javier Bardem. Like, just, yeah, best, best pick. I really liked... That, um, that gruff uh, voice. I really liked Josh Brolin as yep. Gurney. I, I think I he felt did a great... Like I, it would have been strange to hear songs from him in the movie because in the, the book he sings a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, one thing I thought, it, in my interpretation, I would have liked to see a bigger scar because the the amount of times that that line in the book says, "Oh, the ink vine scar rippled across his jaw." Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have liked to see a bit more. As you doing that thing, you're getting too caught up on a small detail there. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that. You know, if I if I'm I I don't criticize it for that. I it's 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 what I would have liked to see. But before you know? on this podcast, we've talked about there's an issue which movies have where they have to convey something very very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they do a bad job of it. Like sometimes they'll be like they'll come in, they'll have be having a conversation. They need you to know that this person is their sister. Ha- so they'll say, "Happy wedding day, sis." Okay, it's yeah. it's the wedding, uh, and it's and, your sister. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's a bit clumsy like that. This film, I think, does a really good job of um, 
doing do is a good example of doing that well. And I think mm-hmm. I keep thinking about um, Josh Brolin's character, his introduction. Or... So something that he a, a part of his role, as I was saying earlier, is quite a dense movie. There's a lot going on, and early in the movie, you're still trying to grasp how serious things are, you know, mm, mm. and there's a scene quite early on where Josh Brolin's character comes in and he does some fight training. Yes. With, uh, with, with Timothy or Timothee Chalamet. Mm-hmm. And it's quite intense and you quickly get the measure of Josh Brolin's character. He's a pretty serious fella. Yeah. But yeah. he does a small little monologue where he very quickly conveys to Paul You've not fought the Harkonnens. You've not seen them. Yeah. They're brutal. Yeah. And, and he, he picks conveys it so yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. And he's saying, he, he says something to him, something like, I don't think you quite grasp the gravity of this situation. Yeah. And he's yeah, saying yeah. it to Paul, but he's also saying it to us as watchers. We, you know, as mm. the audience, we're, we're thinking, okay, this seems pretty important, what's going on. And yep. his character and his presentation of that line sells you, it. You know, and I, I think he's wonderfully cast for that reason because I think there are very few actors who could convey that kind of gravity mm-hmm. that well. You know, if, if he tells you to do something, you're going to do it. The, the other thing that... So that's quite early on, and I would say there's a lot of build-up to moving to Dune, as, as there needs to be, um, yeah. to sort of sell this this idea that this this place is dangerous and let your imagination wonder like oh what's it going to be like but going back to that 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 fight scene i the the first time i watched it i was i was blown away because uh timothee uh, like paul paul's acting in it is is phenomenal during the fight scene because in the book paul's character is very is quite disturbed by how serious the fighting training is such that he thinks maybe Gurney Halleck has turned traitor and is about to kill him like genuinely kill him mm-hmm. and maybe it's because I knew that in the book maybe I'm impl- imprinting a little bit more tension in that fight scene but watch it again and um, you'll see he's actually scared in in certain parts it's not your typical uh hollywood fight scene uh, a training f- montage yeah it serves it a purpose and yeah. and paul learns a lesson that you fight when the need arises um no matter the mood it's uh yeah. i just get chills thinking about it. i mean it's such a good <laughs> movie it's um, really it's it's fantastic uh oscar isaac as as the dad i mean he's great i love oscar isaac and with that beard wonderful this, this movie is a who's who of good-looking male actors. Oscar Isaac, Jason mm-hmm. Momoa, Javier mm-hmm. Bardem, Josh Brolin. Uh, David Dast Malchon as Peter de Vries. Uh... He's, he's the, he's the, <laughs> he's the <laughs> mentor with the funny eye. I'll tell you who I thought. Um, you know, there's, there's another sort of part to an adaptation or someone else's imagination that can really you know bring something different and uh to the table and make it even better than what you imagined 
So there's this. So Thufir Howard is um, a mentat, and a mentat is essentially someone who takes over the role of computer, since computers are banned. Um, and he's played by Stephen McKinley Henderson. So he's this large plump oh, yes. guy. Yeah. Who I never would have thought for a second in the book that he's this plump guy, but um, his portrayal of him is fantastic and. It's really nice to see something that you don't expect, but but you know is it's really fun to see someone else's interpretation. Mm-hmm. I would like to I would like to tell you uh, something quite special. One thing a lot of movies struggle with is sense of scale. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So if you think what... of like the Transformers movies, for example, you have got these massive robots fighting each other. Yeah, you don't necessarily always feel like you've got great big robots fighting each other. Yes. Dune, yeah. I mean, the first time you see that sandworm, mm-hmm. it looks big. Yeah. It's clever. I mean, this is another reason why you should go see it in, in the... Um, yeah, in on the a big screen. Because you have the size of the screen to convey the, you know, the ridiculous size of this, uh, this worm. Yeah. I think part of it is sound design. Part of it is always keeping another um, object in the shot as well. Yeah, creating good depth. To. But yeah. but but when that sandworm appears, it's massive. Like the, the there's a sort of I had a bit of a worry going into the movie. What well, how are they going to do the sandworm? Hopefully, they leave more to the imagination um, when you first see it, so that you yeah. you sort of. You know, it's the same thing. Um, you get to play with this idea. Oh, oh shit! There's a, there's a giant worm. But when you see the teeth of the worm, it's better than you expect. It's yeah. It's so it's ridiculous. It's a bit so like whale good. teeth, aren't they? Really? Diff. I I I don't. I've never looked at whale's teeth, but it's fantastic. It's yeah. really really good. So, um, Alan, one question. Yeah. Does it get the stamp of approval? Stamp of approval. Is that a yes? Yeah, yes, yeah, big time. It gets my stamp of approval too, which makes it a... Double Double stamp. Double stamp. Yeah, double stamper. I would say one... Uh, warning or partial criticism is that it it doesn't. It's I wouldn't say it's a criticism, but it doesn't follow the natural rhythm of most action movies. You know, single standalone action movie where you um you get a, a nice resolution to the end. It's it was always made to be in two parts, and it ends right where it you know the next part should begin. You feel like. It it follows a very similar structure, I think, to Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, of the Fellowship of the Ring, because mm-hmm. I feel like the Fellowship of the Ring ends a bit like that. It's um not a conclusion. It's it's not not a come not a come down from where you've been, but it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's obviously setting up the future. The only way that could be a disappointment or a criticism of the first Dune, I think, is if they mess up the second one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they won't. I I feel like it's in good capable hands, um, and they've obviously done all the set design already, and and they've already got the yes. casting and things like that. So 
even though it's only got a two-year release date, you know, they don't have to go through the same hurdles. Mm. So I think there's there's plenty of time. As uh, you know, as long as it's not a one-year release schedule, um, I think I think that's fine. Yeah. What a movie, huh? Yeah, I think they must have already done a little bit of filming as well because you, there's some foreshadowing type stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. He's got a pretty good idea. Oh, Denny. Denny, Denny. Yeah. He's got a pretty good idea. The the final thing I would like to say about it is just the costume costume design. Um, yeah. Specifically the Bene Gesserit and the uh, guild navigators. as w- uh, And then also the um, spaceship design. Um, yes. How do you make something, uh, you know, appear in the future and completely alien as well? Both, both human and alien because it's so far off in the future. And the way you do that is by just these... The spaceships don't fly like spaceships. They, they kind of... They, you, you get glimpses of them just appearing and hovering vertically not in the in the traditional way it's almost like you're watching a rook from a from the game of chess float yeah that's not how it is so far in the future that aerodynamics is you know it doesn't doesn't matter anymore um there are no wheels you don't see a single wheel um you, that's you must... they're on this they want they're on no no but even even on the normal planet you know there's a scene where at the beginning you get this light that follows uh paul as he travels along a dark corridor and it's not some kind of hovering light from a jet or like on a string or with propeller blades it just hovers it there's no explanation needed um and to make it even more futuristic is it doesn't even wobble in the air normally to give a sense that something is is levitating or you get you get this kind of wobble it doesn't move and so you you just know that the technology is so advanced that there's no there are no mistakes are are we done i think this is the third end of this review yeah uh, there's so much to talk about yeah yeah we we can just keep throwing it in you know it's going to come out as in in future episodes i'm sure like me, I'll come out in future episodes. Sorry, Charlotte. Yeah. Hey. Okay. All right. I think we did a good job diving. Are into we? The movie. Are we? Are we done? Do we? Do we have anything else to discuss? Watch the movie a fourth time, and you, 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 you'll see something new. Um, every time you watch it, you'll you'll pick up something. Interestingly, when the uh, ornithopters, which are the sort of dragonfly helicopters, fly across um, visiting the city for the first time. On the fourth time I watched the movie, I noticed that the Fremen were watching in the mountains. Nice. It's that kind of level of detail. It's great. I meant, I meant do we have anything else to talk about in general? Not about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you done? I've, I, I've already... Um, it's eight o'clock at night. I've already cooked dinner okay. um both charlotte and i have, are having quite long weeks so i've i've even though it's only wednesday i've cooked macaroni cheese okay good oh yeah and my tip with macaroni cheese is when you're making the cheese sauce chuck in a little bit of cayenne pepper oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I like that um 
maybe possibly if we get to next episode uh within this year um i've got some news to share about yeah about a board game last year i mentioned an idea i had for a board game and i would like to bring it up at some point Ooh, tantalizing tease yeah and then the the other thing i'd like to say is just um Sign up to the newsletter, you know, go to the website. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. And I'll also, I'm sorry, Hamish, we didn't talk about riddles and things, but we'll oh, have, yes, we have we, we, we've got a lot of fan mail that we have to get to. Um, a lot of we've got two emails, <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, sorry, Scott, we'll get to yours too. Yes, yeah, no, I, I haven't deciphered that either. Um, uh, I yeah, we'll talk about that next time. I've I've done a bit. I've done a bit, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What, what what's on what's on your agenda for the rest of the evening? Oh, for the rest of the evening. So Max Mackie is is supposed to be cooking, so I'll be looking forward to his um his sausage. Mmm. Yeah. Hey. All right, well if you're done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm all tuned yeah. out. That was movie-heavy week, so uh, thanks for listening, and Mm -hmm. see you next time. Take it easy. Uh, Rate rate us on uh, five stars on your Uber app.